guys know, you probably realize, but have you tapped into the sense of just how much power? Thank you. You're a little late on that one. How much power money has over us. It's a force. It's a force that competes with God. Um, it competes for our heart. It competes for our desire. It, it competes for our commitments. Um, it was Luther, uh, Martin Luther, a uh, Christian, about 500 years ago, who actually is credited with starting the Protestant Reformation back in, in Germany. And, and he said, um, that's where the Lutheran church comes from, Lutheran, Lutheran church. Um, he said that we actually go through three conversions, three conversions to Jesus. We go through a conversion of the heart, of the mind, and then the wallet. Yeah. So, so you, you can think the song we, we just sang, you know, where we, we committed our heart to Jesus. Um, what if we sang that and uh, next time, um, you know, Rachel, we can uh, you know, talk about this, that it's like my heart is yours, my heart is yours. What if we said my, my mind is yours, my mind is yours. Okay, okay. My bank account is yours, my bank account is yours. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. Um, that there is a real um, conversion you know, of the heart the mind, and the pocketbook. And that's why, you know, Jesus, you've uh, talked about money more than he talked about any other social issue, more than he talked about politics, um, more than he talked about government, more than he talked about sex, more than he talked about family. He talked about money because it's such a powerful force, such a strong competitor for our hearts and our desires. Um, and it's not something that in the American church we have succeeded very well in really following the biblical call towards generosity. Um, pretty much agreed you know, in the, from the, the Old Testament that many um, and throughout church history that what we say, we, we want to give as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, as our baseline, we want to give 10% of our income back to God's work, whether it's in the church or a variety of ministries. It's what we call the tithe. You know, a tithe means 10%, and that's what we shoot for. And here's my, my word to you on that. One thing, start, if you're young, you know, and you're starting to get a salary, start now. Start now. I mean, just go ahead and do it. I mean, you're, you're mowing the yard. Start now. Take 10% of that and you know, give it to the church. Give it to ministries of the church. Give it to start now because it's a bear to start midway through. You know? And if you just start now, then it, you'll just live into that for the rest of your life as your base. And then you'll be freed even to give more. And, and, and because of that, as we'll talk about, as, as we learn to give... As we learn to give, then it leads to a freedom from that power of money. Yeah, and, and the church, again, isn't doing a great job. The, the, the American church, uh, basically Christians give 2.4% of their income to charitable giving. Now, it's not even just to the church, but to charitable at all. And if, if you, for the rest of America, they give 2%. Yeah, so not a huge difference. 
between the church and, and Christians. And, and you know, again, just to highlight the power of money, you know the number one thing that couples lie to one another about is money. They're, they're couples, in survey after survey, they would rather lie or hide financial misdealings than they will having an affair. And I'll be honest about that more than I'll be honest about money. It's just to say that it's a powerful force, which is why Jesus talks so much about it, and why, as we join in this, this corporate, this together spiritual discipline of practicing generosity, that it's, it's a revolutionary act. I mean, it's this revolutionary act of following after Jesus, of saying, Jesus, you are Lord, you are my master, you are my treasure, and nothing, no, no money, nor gold, nor silver, nor anything else compares. You know, it's a way of what we were just singing of really you know, putting it into practical um, decisions in our lives in a way of leading into that. You know, it may even now, you've even sort of felt the power of money. Because even as I'm talking about this and generosity and, and cheerful, sacrificial giving, maybe you already feel your heart beat a little faster. You already feel your, your palms get sweaty. You, you feel your breath, your, 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 your breathing you know, shorten. And you, you wonder if maybe you've got something else to do right now. You know, and you know, and I gotta admit to you, in a way, you know, first thinking about it, the challenge is mine as well. You know, because I struggle with the same battle of allegiance to God over a bank account as anybody else does. But then, you know, what happens is, as I, I start, I start to study and I start to prepare and I read the Bible, and, and that starts to give me wisdom and, and truth, and I realize God knows what He's talking about. Every time that I come to the Scriptures, I say, God, you are so wise. Because as, we, as I read through the Scriptures, I consider um, what, why, the, the power of money and why giving is such a revolutionary act that it breaks the chains of the power of money over us. That as we give sacrificially, as we practice generosity, it brings a freedom, a freedom from worry. It, it, it leads to a, and develops a, a freedom um, from uh, uh, a freedom from greed. It leads to a freedom to truly enjoy what God has given us, and it leads to a freedom to trust Christ in the midst of whatever situation that we're in. I mean, it's a, it's a supernatural power that God develops in us and through us as we practice generosity. A freedom. A freedom from worry. A freedom from fear. A freedom from greed. A freedom to enjoy. And a freedom to trust. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your written word as it speaks to us of your truth. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives in us to, to, to obey your word and to experience that, that freedom. Now, we, we give ourselves to you, um, uh, heart, mind, and pocketbook. Um, we, we give it to you, um, uh, Lord, to, so that we might truly experience that, that freedom that comes as we practice generosity together. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, first uh, passage is in Luke chapter 12, um, starting with verse 22. And this is one of the many teachings of Jesus uh, about 
um, money. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? I love that. Because you know, nobody ever says you're going to worry yourself to life. You know, they just say you're going to worry yourself to death. And Jesus is saying, what, what good does it do really when you sit down with it? If then you're not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink. And do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for His kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, my, my proposal to you is that as, as we practice generosity, that builds within us the capacity to move beyond fear, to be free from fear, because we experience God's blessing in our generosity. We, we experience how He provides, and we experience what He does when, with what um, He enables us uh, to give. And as, as we see in this particular passage, you know, is that what we have to recognize is that God is our treasure. And, and, and as we give, as we give sacrificially, as, as we give in, in ways that, you know, it means we've got to give something up or we've got to change something in our lives. As we give, then that what we're saying, what we are proclaiming, um, what we are leading is a, is a revolution to say, God, you are my treasure and, and not money, not wealth. And, and in so doing, as we live into that over the course of these three years and beyond, will experience experience that freedom from worry because we recognize that he's our treasure. Um this is a, just an illustration of this. I didn't really do this and don't want you to do it either. But let's just say let's just say before I came in this morning that I put a bet down, a $100 bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay? And that I actually put um, a, a bet in each of your names. Okay, there's $100 put on the Jacksonville Jaguars in your name. Okay, um, you, you know who the Jacksonville Jaguars are? Yeah, some of you don't you know who the Jacksonville Jaguars are, do you? Some of you do. They're an NFL football team. But you know what? Now, what are you going to do this afternoon? You got a $100 bet on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're going you're to watch the game, right? You're, you're going to find out what, 
what happened? Who are they? Who Did they win? And you're going to be cheering. All of a sudden, you're going to be a fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars today because you got a chance of $100 coming to you. Well, that's what G- G- Jesus is saying. She's from Jacksonville. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what Jesus is saying. When, when you give sacrificially to the work of God, that's where your treasure is and that's where your heart is going. You're going to follow it. When you sacrificially give for what God is doing in our midst, then that it will capture your heart. and desire. It's a way to align our hearts and our desires, our very treasure, our very lives, with what we know is eternal. See how smart God is? Yeah, that he wants us to give. He wants us to give sacrifice. We think it's something, well, we've got to learn the hard way. You know, we've got to work hard. No. That might have some impact, but what he knows is where your money goes, that's where your heart goes. So if you are giving sacrificially to the work of God, then it's for your own good. It's for our own good. Because that's where our treasure is. And then we know we're walking. It's another way that we walk more closely with God and we walk closely with God. Then you know worry does fall aside. When we're with God, we know we're good. It leads to a life of giving, a life of generosity leads to a freedom from worry also leads to a freedom from greed. Um, if, if you're on Luke 12, um, uh, uh, then uh, you can jump up just the passage before. Just, again, this is a, you see a number of ways that Jesus talks about money. Luke chapter 12, um, verse 13. Um, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, Who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool. That's not a good thing. Not, not a good thing for that to be in God's lips uh, to us. This very night, your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. As we give, then, there's a freedom from greed. Yeah, we... Uh, just want to hoard and take care of ourselves. Right? And did you notice in this particular parable of Jesus how many times the, the dude said, I or my? You know, 11 times in like three verses. He says, I. What am I going to do with my grain? I'm going to build my barns, make them bigger. And then he even, really, it's sort of a prayer where he prays to himself. 
You know, where he's talking to himself. says, talk to my soul. So, soul, what should I do now? See, his error, his error was thinking that this stuff was his. Thinking that, that it was because of him that he had his wealth and the things of his life. When really what God is saying here, these belong to me. These are God's, they're entrusted to us. That what we have, the resources, the abilities, the capacities that we have are God's gifts to us. That we are called to steward. That we are called to use for His plans and His purposes. And when we realize that, then as Jesus says here, we're freed from greed. We're freed to give when we recognize that God is my provider. Freed from greed, we're freed from worry, and now we're also freed to enjoy God's gifts. As we give, as we practice generosity, then we are freed to really enjoy the giving and enjoy what God has given to us. Um, Acts chapter 2, verse 43 this is at the, the, the birthday of the church. So the, the church has just had Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has just come upon them. right? And they are now living together. And folks are coming to know Jesus. I mean, they're still this small ragtag group. They're this cult seen by the Roman um, uh, people. It's just some weird little group. But they're exploding now. And they're celebrating what God is doing in their midst. And this, this is the result of this pure day of their birth. Verse 43, awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and they ate their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Joy, celebration, salvation. There is a freedom to enjoy. You know, a freedom to enjoy one another, a freedom to enjoy God's gifts when we recognize that it is God's gifts that he has given and that we as we give to even to one another as we give to the work of God in our midst it leads to joy it leads to meaning it leads to to purpose you know last week uh, you received uh, those of you that are here you received prayer cards um, prayer cards from children that are involved in the ministries of the church from folks in at Pleasant Hill School in Treehouse or in the uh, um, uh, whiz kids or uh, they're involved in Sunday school or crash or strike force, the karate ministry or fencing, you know, just all different kinds of ways. And I've heard from a number of you just how meaningful and powerful that was as, you, as we connect with what God is doing in our midst. As you, you give time and energy in your heart. To these, to these needs. I mean, some of you shared, you know, you had a, a one um, a person that, that, that shared, you know, pray for my grandmother, you know, she has cancer. Um, uh, so one of you, pray for my dad that he doesn't die. You know, another was, you know, pray for my mom who's in jail. 
Another one where there was a, a number of, uh, of, of children who were praying for a particular child who was in their class because their child was sick. Yeah, and, and just how meaningful, purposeful, even joyful, even in such difficult situations, but joyful that we get to share in lifting one another up. I mean, that, that's, that's just a, a taste of what we're about as a church. Of, of tearing down walls that the, that the blood of Christ has already torn down and building community um, with folks in the church and outside the church. Building community across economics, across race, across generation. As we, we give to what God is doing in that way, it brings joy as we share in the ministry that God is providing for us. We have a freedom. A freedom as we give because it feeds our joy. It's a freedom to enjoy what God has given us. Men, we're so overwhelmed by what God provides that it feeds our faith. It feeds, it frees us to, to trust. Let's look at Mark 6. This, this may be my, my, my favorite passage when I consider um, uh, the corporate practice of generosity. But Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 34, is Jesus with his disciples. As he, Jesus, went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is very late. Send them away so that they can go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. You know, send them, Jesus, take them down Colerain Avenue. They got all kinds of options. You know, they can find something to eat there, but it's late and we're all tired and hungry. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread? That would have been, that's basically 200 days of pay. Denarii is about a day's wage. Are we to give them that and buy that and give them something to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. Now, what I love about that in this season of, of generosity, in this uh, uh, regeneration um, capital stewardship campaign, is that Jesus is really asking us to do the same thing. This, these five weeks are, are really about, I mean, the first two weeks we talked about prayer. Man, you be right. You've got to be talking to God. You've got to listen to God about this because this, this comes from Him and not from any strategy or capacity on our part. And now what Jesus is saying to us is He's saying, all right, go see what you got. How many loaves you got? 
But where, where are you? Go take a look. Take a look at, at your budget. Take a look at your, your finances. Take a look at your wealth. Take a look at your, your possessions. Take, go, go take a look. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that, understand it. Now, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Even if it's a couple loaves, a couple fish, even if it's just a, a minnow or two, a cracker or two, what, what you got, bring it to me and watch me multiply. That, that's why what, what we've said all along, this is, not, this, this is about um, uh, uh, New Testament giving where we've got all kinds of different varieties of gifts and amounts, but it is about equal generosity. It is about the call of each of us coming before God saying, God, I'm bringing it to you now. You tell me, what what are you calling me to do? What are you calling me to give? And the beautiful thing will then be how it will feed our trust is because over the course of this three years and beyond, we're going to see as we honor Jesus in that way, then how he takes what is given to him and he multiplies it in ways that we can't even imagine. That he multiplies it here in, in our midst. He multiplies it in church across the, the street. He multiplies it in churches across the sea. And as we see what Jesus does with what he's entrusted to us and that we now offer back to him, then we are overwhelmed with what he has done and it builds our trust. See, the gener- generosity is an act of discipleship. It's, it's a way that what God has called us to do is to grow and to learn and to become more and more like Jesus, who was the pinnacle of generosity. And it's through, it's through our giving that we give with an expectation even, an excitement to see how will God continue to change us and free us from worry and greed and free us to enjoy and free us to trust. Um, I asked uh, Jennifer Williams if she would come uh, share with us from their family's story just a, a little bit of how they've experienced a little bit of that kind of freedom um, as they've uh, brought it before Jesus and see what he does. Jen, thanks. Thanks, Drew. So when I was asked to speak today, I first thought, I don't really have much to say about this, but uh, I gave it some thought and uh, came up with a lot of stuff to share with you guys. So I'll start with um, my husband and I, who were married 18 years ago, and I was still in college, so we were pretty young when we were married. But we both grew up in families that worked hard, but our families sometimes struggled to make ends meet. That made us both really money conscious. So just months out of college, we bought a house, we bought a car, and I had student loan debt. But we were both working, so we thought, this is great. Except for one thing, um, I was miserable with my job. It was toxic. Um, I had to escape that environment. Uh, After about nine months, with all that debt looming, we had to make a choice. I had to put in my two weeks' notice. I just couldn't do it anymore. We were worried a lot about it, but decided that working at a fast food restaurant would be better for me, so that's what I did. So during that two weeks, I uh, continued my job search, and on the last day of work at this place, I had a job interview, 
and I was offered the job. They wanted me to start on Monday, and they wanted to pay me more. We knew it was a God thing, for sure. (laughs) Fast forward several years, and three kids later, I had been working days, and Roger had been working nights for several years so that we could take care of the kids and not have to pay for daycare. Baby number three had just arrived, and I had to return to work soon, and Roger knew the gig was up. There was no getting sleep with a newborn, a two-year-old, and a four-year-old. So we had to make another decision. Do we spend most of Roger's income on childcare, or have Roger quit working and stay home with our boys? We decided raising our children was much more important than money, so Roger quit. And we scrutinized our finances so we could make it work, but it was going to be tight. A couple of months later, as we were wondering how long we were going to be able to keep things going, that same employer who hired me above came to me and said, they need me to take a different role within the company, and it was going to be a lot more work, but it came with an attractive pay increase. Another God thing. Over the past couple years, we felt we were being called to be involved in orphan care, and so we began hosting children through Safe Families. And about a year ago, we began caring for our two nephews through a kinship care arrangement. Now, we've done Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University a few years ago, and I'm the nerd, so I do my budgets each month. But having extra kids around strangely requires a lot more food and other things than one might imagine for their size. So there have been times over the past few years when we would get close to the end of the month and know we were going to have to kind of juggle the budget and move money from here to there to cover everything. But God has been providing to us for being obedient. Lots of different ways. Some examples of that are the secret Santa package that we got in the mail with food gift cards that covered the exact amount we were short on our food budget that month. Meals provided by our many friends. Um, anonymous, generous donors, and our orphan care missional community who helped out with Christmas gifts for all of our extra kids. Boxes of clothes that have been dropped on our porch by various friends. Uh, About a year's worth of diapers, which, that's a lot of money there. Uh, Help with child care for one of our nephews. And the unexpected bonus check that filled the gap in our budget replenished our car repair budget and allowed us to offer financial assistance to a friend in need. We've had so many reminders that we just need to be obedient. And our theory is, it's not ours anyway, right? Thanks. Again, a, just an example of as... Uh, the, the freedom that God desires um, to give us as we um, obey, as we live into that, that sense of, of generosity um, that uh, he has placed within us and wants to develop in us. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, uh, we do give you praise and honor that you are the generous one. Uh, that you are the one that, that gives and gives and gives sacrificially. Uh, we, we give you praise and honor for Jesus. And we, we offer our, ourselves to you that, that we um, might continue to be made more and more um, like him. That uh, our, our generosity will continue to grow 
into, uh, as it's fed by yours. Um, give us your wisdom in this, this season, in this, this campaign, together as a, as a community, as, as we um, seek to hear your voice, as we seek to be led by your call, and the way that you are, are calling us um, to practice generosity. And continue to, to feed even our excitement um, over how you will take those actions and continue to develop in us that, that freedom from worry, freedom from greed, that, that freedom to trust and, and to enjoy all of your many gifts. And, and Almighty God, we also take this time and we, we lift up one another um, to you as well. We, we pray um, for those uh, around us that we know in need of your healing touch. We pray particularly for Annette Welch and her husband David as uh, they were vacationing in Florida and she fell and broke her jaw and had surgery we, this, this weekend and we thank you that she's recovering and we pray your healing hand and protection upon them. Uh, we lift up Bill Clippard to you as surgery tomorrow, your healing hand upon him. And others, Lord, that you bring to our mind um, uh, for whatever, whatever the needs, whatever the concerns, whatever the joys, we lift them before you. We also take this time, Lord, and we pray for our nation. Um, uh, pray for our state and our city and just the, the election that happens on Tuesday. We entrust all of this uh, to your care. Um, we know that you call us to pray for those in positions of leadership. And so we pray those that will be raised up at this election day would be the ones that are according to your call and that they will serve and lead with justice and righteousness, mercy and compassion. We also lift up our city to you, Lord, in this, this time of the Ray Tensing trial, this, the, the death of Samuel DuBose, Lord. We, we pray that you will lead us as a church and will lead the church in this city to be people who indeed are peacemakers, ones who pursue what is right and what is good, ones who honor and respect all that are around us. Lord, so grant us that strength, grant us that uh, ability to to be leading our city in the way of peace, um, whatever the result of that trial, and even through the midst of it. Lord, we um, offer all of this unto you as we offer before you um, uh, us as a, as a church that we would be who you're calling us to be and we would maximize your glory and proclaim your good news at every turn. Now hear us as we come before you in one voice, praying the prayer that Jesus uh, taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.